Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to SSPN, the Spurs Sports Programming Network. I'm Ethan Butero, and of course, joining me today, as always, is Jude McLaren. Today, we're covering the (laughs) Spurs' (laughs) loss to the Toronto Raptors on April 14th, 2021. They lost by four. The Spurs had 112. The Raptors, 117. Jude, why don't you get us started real quick on what your overall thoughts were on tonight's game? So I was able to catch most of it. Um, the only part that my streams cut out on uh, was a- around the end of the third quarter when we went on this little, that little run and I saw Derek hit two threes. Um, and speaking of Derek, he's just been getting into his rhythm more and more. And like you said, it seems like he missed a lot of threes tonight. But at the end of the day, when you look at the box score, six for 11. So he made more than he missed. Mm-hmm. These are the type of shots that I want Derek taking every game because he's like that as a shooter. Like he shot above 50% tonight, right? And ended up with 25 and five at the end of the day. So another thing that people might point to as a positive of this game is Patty Mills. You know, he went five for 11, just one off, but, you know, was definitely hot there. Had eight points in the first quarter. He might have actually had 11 now that I think about it. Um, yeah, he did. Ended yeah. up, and yeah, ended up with 23, right? Mm-hmm. See, the thing was, and if you notice when you look at this, overall his field goal percentage was good, but his three-point percentage ended up cooling off. Obviously, he's still probably around 47%, which is really good for a game. But at the same time, when he got hot, we started running the offense through him. And this is something that me and you have talked about before. And whenever we do that, bad things tend to happen. And there was that block where he got blocked by um, Utah I want to say Wantanabe, but that's they were pronouncing it differently on the Raptors. Watanabe. Yeah, there you go. There you go, right? And so, um, anyways, I feel like that kind of stifled the offense once we started just relying on Patty. Then we got stagnant once again. Um, obviously, Derek was able to keep us in the game. DeJounte, even though he had a rough shooting night, he was able to hit some shots down the stretch. Um, DeMar played well as he usually does, um, against the Raptors. And I mean, I mean, Lonnie, even though Lonnie went three for 10, I feel like he played a decent game. I feel like he made some shots when we needed him to. Um, I just think that once again, when you play a team that defensively can match up with the Spurs in the fact that they have size, but can also run the floor, um, specifically in that front court with Siakam and Boucher, Um, And I think this goes to your point of something that you've talked about before uh, whenever it comes to Keldon playing the four. And this was a game where Keldon would play really good defense, but the height advantage of Pascal would just lead to Mm -hmm. a couple buckets. And when you look at this being a five-point win uh, for the Raptors, obviously there are some garbage time points scored and stuff like that. But I think that the scores uh, indicates how close the game was. Um, And... You know, some of those buckets, if you have somebody taller maybe guarding him, then they don't go in, mm-hmm. then maybe this game turns out differently. You know, you can also say maybe if Derek hits two more threes, this game turns out differently. 
But, you know, with him already shooting plus 50%, you shouldn't have to rely on that. So this game overall for me was just a game of missed opportunities. Like we had opportunities multiple times. I texted you this. There were like three to four stretches in the game where nobody scored for like two to three minutes. And it was because the Spurs were playing good defense and then they weren't hitting shots on the other side. And they were open shots and they were just missing them. So I feel like this loss, um, I mean, not to say that the that the Raptors played bad, but I feel like this is a loss where the Spurs will look back and be like, yeah, we definitely could have won this game if we would have, you know, played to our full potential. Or I don't know if that's the right wording, but um, hit some shots when we if we converted on opportunities that we should convert on. That's that's a better way to put it, right? Mm-hmm. It's different if like you're driving to the rim and you've got two guys there and you're trying to make like an and one over them. But when you've got open shots and you're just missing and you're playing great defense for multiple possessions in a row and you can't convert, like you can't comp, you can't build upon what you're doing on defense, then it doesn't surprise me at the end of the day um, that you end up losing the game. And while I am harping on some good defensive play there for a little bit, this is what I told you before we started. I said there's one thing when I look at the stat sheet after watching the game and then I look at the stat sheet because stats aren't everything. But when I look at the stat sheet at the end of this game, Ethan, there's one thing that stands out to me. And in my personal opinion, it is like, oh, yeah, that's why that's why we lost, in my opinion. And that is OG Ananobi with 22 points, four for seven from three. And this is a dude who's been playing the three and the four for them, um, mainly the four for them all year long. But they slid him into the two tonight because they had a bunch of injury problems with like Gary Trent. Mm -hmm. So. You're letting a dude playing out of his natural position who's, I mean, as far as I know, I mean, look, I'm not, I never thought that OG Ananobi was a bad shooter, but from my understanding, he's not, you know, a crazy shooter uh, from the three point line. And in the last 10 games, he's shooting 33%, which isn't horrible. Um, but yeah, this season, he's shooting 38%, which is, which is decent. Like, he's a respectable three point shooter. But you shouldn't be giving him looks like that. You, you shouldn't just be wide open if yeah. it's somebody who's shooting 38%. Like, and even if, like I said, that's not that crazy, Like, still, like the fact that you're letting OG Ananobi hit, kill you with threes is not something... Whether you're leaving him open because you think he's not that great of a shooter or he was just making the play... It, it, I don't know if that last part makes sense, but... It was just that that is not he's the problem him mm-hmm. him go, shooting seven for 14 and four for seven from three and having 22 that is my problem in the game because OG Ananobi should not be their leading scorer giving you buckets when and when he's not even playing his regular position and the guys who usually play that position are injured so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I think the biggest problem tonight, and I have alluded to it in a previous recap. I can't remember what which game it was, but a big weakness in our in our team is playing against athletic bigs, and Toronto has a lot of athletic bigs. Like they're pretty much everyone that played tonight, aside from uh, Malachi Flynn, is like at least six six, if not like way taller than that. And they're all really long, solid defenders. Uh, and then for some reason, they were hitting from three, like you said, with Ananobi. And uh, Watanabe was three of five tonight. I didn't know he could shoot a lick, and he was just draining threes. Um, 
they were their length disrupted our offense, especially when Demar went out of the game in the first quarter. I know Patty had a string of eleven points in four minutes, which was awesome to see. Um, but the second and third quarter, particularly, our, our offense couldn't find a groove. I don't know if you noticed that. It was like there was no urgency, and like the passing kind of took a a step back. The ball kind of stuck a little bit more, and we just couldn't get shots to fall. And I don't know if that was just a product of not being able to get shots to fall, because sometimes that happens, or if it was their length of defense really disrupting our game plan. Um, but it was it was a it was a weird game. It was bizarre because I thought at the first quarter that we were going to have a really nice game tonight because we were balanced. We were hitting shots outside. We were getting inside um, underneath the rim. Everybody was touching the ball. Derek was playing good. Patty obviously. Demar. I was like, wow, we're really gonna we're really gonna do what we're supposed to do, and that's beat a team whose record is twenty two and thirty four and are plagued by injuries and suspensions, but. It's just not how it worked out, and we just let a game slip. You know, props to the Raptors, though. They played really well. I just think we were outsized, and their defense was enough to slow down our offense, at least until that fourth quarter when we had a little bit of a spurt, kind of, a desperation push. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, so we barely won that first quarter, and then we lost every quarter mm-hmm. um, by just a small – it was either three points or two points. Yeah. So really tough loss. Um, but when you have multiple upon multiple upon multiple opportunities, like in a row, possession to possession, back to back to back to back to back possessions, where you're playing great defense and missing wide open shots. And this is and you look at the end result and you look at the score. Mm-hmm. I just kind of feel like you deserve to lose. Yeah. It's one of those games that the Spurs definitely didn't deserve to win. Um, Mm -hmm. They had the opportunities right in front of them, and mm -hmm. they just didn't make the shots. And this is a team playing a back-to-back. You had the whole, you know, time to... And here's the other thing. Usually, you're flying to Toronto. They were in Orlando, and then they flew to Tampa. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have... Like, everything was in your favor, right? Yeah. So at the beginning, for me, actually, what I saw, Ethan, what I thought in the first quarter, I said, okay, they can win this game. But I said this might I thought or I didn't say this, but I thought in my head I was like, this might be a trap game because Siakam's still playing and we forget like last year Siakam was, you know, he was uh, solid. The was leader, solid. the leader of this team. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, a couple games away from going to the Eastern Conference Finals. So um this is, you know, no slouch team. They've just had some injuries this year that they've had to deal with, similar to the Spurs, right? Um so it's just a, a team that, even though they're better than their record, you know yeah, what I'm saying? they definitely so, are. And you talk about athletic bigs, that, that is a problem for the Spurs because, like I said, these are dudes who can run the floor but then also play big, like Chris Boucher and Pascal. Exactly. And they were just beating us in the front court. And then on top of that, their 6'8 shooting guard tonight, <laughs> OG yeah. Ananobi, was, was just cooking off ball and on ball. So... When OG Ananobi is, you know, just doing whatever he wants to you, I'm not surprised it's an L. That's mm. just not that's not something defensively that we can allow to happen. We had good stretches of, of of defense, right? Yeah. But once again, we didn't 
we didn't have the size to match up with them, like you said, but specifically we didn't we didn't play good enough on defense on OG because all of those threes he had, he had space. Like Chris Smooth says, hand down, man down. Like mm-hmm. that's that's what it was. So I don't know. Maybe that was just me. I feel like this would have been a good game to throw in somebody like Kieda Bates Diop. I think that that I know that sounds crazy, but like I think throwing him in over Rudy Gay, to be completely honest with you, I think he would have done a better job on OG. I don't know if Rudy really, really matched up with OG that much in this game, but I feel like that's that's a player who, you know, can kind of play like because Diop can shoot. Right. Yeah. So he's somebody that could kind of play that. He's a very similar player to OG. He can play like if that would help with the matchup because they're both six, eight. So he can match up with him on the outside. Right. So that's somebody that I would have maybe liked to see in this game. Oh, and Devin Vassell didn't play tonight mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. DNP wasn't hurt. Just didn't play. So, I mean, if it was rest, I get it. But wouldn't you rather... Why would you be resting Devin Vassell when you could rest Rudy Gay? Considering he's 35 and and Devin Vassell is 20 years old. So, I don't really understand that. I think if we play Devin Vassell tonight, we win the game too. Now that I'm... That's the second thing I've noticed. I think that's a very... Because he would have played better perimeter defense. Probably on OG Ananobi. That's (laughs) probably true. uh, and so, and you lose a five point game like this. Yeah. So it's a little bit on coaching, but it's all on the Spurs. That's the point. This, this loss is solely on the Spurs. It's solely on, you know, those stretches where they didn't convert on opportunities, but really me seeing the Devin Vassell didn't play tonight. I mean, unless there was a real valid reason, but if it was just straight up a DNP, like pop was like, yeah, he's here, but I'm not going to put him in. And it, t- it has nothing to do with rest. I just don't think he'll match up well then that was just a bad coaching decision. Mm. Um, with all of that being said, you know I still love the Spurs, and all these dudes are way better at basketball than I will ever be. So, yes, I'm being critical, but I'm not sitting here like, I could do it with these dudes. So that's not that's not what I'm saying. And Pop knows more about basketball than I ever mm-hmm. will. I just want to always put that out as a disclaimer because I despise people who are just like, I'm going to sit up here and say all this stuff <laughs> like I'm – anywhere near their athletic or basketball intelligence but those are just my thoughts so i have a couple concluding thoughts uh Mm. this first one we don't have to get into it too deeply because it would probably take too much time we could talk about it on friday but i thought that the closing lineup was a little peculiar um i don't know rudy only played 19 minutes but it seemed to me he played way too much of the fourth quarter for my liking especially when we were trying to play defense and steal the ball because we were getting pretty close to like making a fourth quarter comeback. I was like, why is Rudy Gay and Patty Mills still in the lineup? I would much rather see Keldon get, so he only had 25 minutes today. I want to see what Keldon could do in a closing game situation. I know he's undersized and he was kind of getting bullied tonight, but I'd still rather see. But he's more, first of all, he's going to run the floor better. Even though Rudy is bigger than him size wise, Keldon is more athletic. He's faster. And honestly, even though he's smaller and I talked about how Pascal was eating him up, mm-hmm. I still think that he's a better matchup on Pascal than Rudy because Rudy is just a potato on defense sometimes. It's not that's his true. fault. He's just 35. That's true. So. Yep, that's true. That, that was the one negative that I wanted to touch on. But I do have a couple positives that we haven't uh, had mm-hmm. time to allude to. DeMar DeRozan tonight, 11 assists. Love to see it. Um, really distributing the ball very well overall. 
Drew Eubanks in only 18 minutes had only six and points. And the poster. But, yeah, he had and a the poster, poster slam. He had a couple yes. attempts, but he actually got he played one. played good tonight. He did play very well. He had four blocks. He was uh, having a block party. He played better than Jakob tonight. I think so. I think yeah. so. I mean, you, you know how high I am on Drew Eubanks, the GOAT. I mean, look, Jakob had an off night. On Jakob's best day, he's probably playing better than Eubanks. Don't but say tonight... such blasphemous things, dude. <laughs> but tonight, Eubanks played better than Jakob. Yes, yes, I agree. And lastly, DeJounte Murray, three steals. I know he had a rough night shooting the ball. But, but three... he found other ways to contribute. Exactly. Ethan. Defensively, he was crisp. And he had a really nice three-pointer at the end of the game. Um, yes, that, that gave into... us like a sliver of life. Yes. And that's clutch. I sent so. you the Zoom meeting idea. I was like, oh, this game's over. And then he hit that three, and I was like, oh. <laughs> we, we might have to have a different tone tonight in this. But unfortunately, we still got a loss. Yeah. So Okay, so I will wrap up here too because I feel like I said a lot of negative. I've told you this before, and I'm going to say it again. Um, I don't think I've said this on air, but I will say it now. Derek White... Has the I know I've said Keldon I feel like has our highest ceiling, and I still stick by that. We saw and he, he had a great dunk tonight too. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Um, but I think that Derek White is the unquestioned leader of this team. Mm. That sounds crazy. I know you'd think it would be Demar, you think it would be those Rudy guys, but when it comes to clutch time, okay, Derek is that dude. He's just that guy. He's going to pull up in your face with his headband and his afro, you know, okay? He's flopping and, around. Yes, and from and with his nerdy, awkward voice in interviews and all, <laughs> and he's going to give you buckets because he's just like that. Um, and he had 25 tonight. I think that this is what Derek can consistently be. I really think – people may think I'm crazy. I really think that Derek White is is – when he is in rhythm, he was in rhythm tonight. He missed some shots, but when he is in rhythm, he, he's a 25-a-night guy. That's Ooh. why, and I think the Spurs think that too. That's why they gave him four years, $70 million. But I think down the stretch, as this continues, Derek's going to continue to do this. And what he does in these games, what like the way he played tonight, he is going to do this consistently in the playoffs. I could be wrong there, but I think that he has the potential to do that. At least in the most crucial games, this is what he's going to do. So... I, I was really happy to see um, from him what he did tonight. Um, obviously, you know, it wasn't, unfortunately, it wasn't enough. But I think that, you know, this loss definitely isn't on him. And I think that this game was a great example of why they gave Derek White that contract. Because this is the type of guy that he can be every night, in my opinion. Very well said, Jude. Food for thought for Friday's podcast, which yes, is when you guys yes. are going to see us next is Friday. We will be previewing the Trailblazers game as well. We unfortunately won't have time to cover that game with a recap, nor will we be covering the Suns game on Saturday, but we will be back with recaps on Monday. Spurs visiting Indiana to play the Pacers. A very exciting game, I am sure. Uh, With that being said, I'm Ethan Quintero. That's Jude McLaren. Like and subscribe, and we'll see you guys next time.